Then one of them, when he saw that he was healed, turned back, praising God with a loud voice. And he fell on his face at Jesus' feet, giving him thanks. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Gratitude is a funny thing. It's a spiritual discipline which must be exercised if it's to grow. And the only way for it to grow within our hearts is by giving it away. It's a bit like love in this way, as they're both inherently selfless. Before we can be grateful, we must first be mindful of the thoughts or deeds of another. Gratitude begins with an awareness which goes beyond ourselves. And expressions of gratitude are naturally pointed away from the self and towards the one to whom we are grateful. But sometimes we're more interested in the gift than the giver, and our awareness has yet to move beyond the self. We see this in today's Gospel, as nine of the ten lepers who are healed are more consumed with the gift they have received than its giver. Nine out of ten had yet to see beyond themselves, even after receiving so great a gift as being healed. Now on this special day, we celebrate gratitude as a nation. And we've set aside a day specifically devoted to being thankful and remembering this spiritual discipline. And celebrations of gratitude have been around for ages, showing up in many scriptural passages and in various feast days, including two which celebrate the giving thanks for food and those who toil to grow it. The Feast of the First Fruits signals the start of the gathering of the harvest. And then 50 days later, Shavuot celebrates the end of the harvest. And these feasts are the closest celebrations to our particular Thanksgiving Day, which also has its own history and origins. But it's also important to note that across the ages, Different cultures have also set aside special occasions of thanksgiving. Some have a harvest festival to give thanks for the harvest of the fruits of the earth, as those first pilgrims did at New Plymouth. After a difficult voyage, they landed at Plymouth Rock on December the 11th, 1620. They had no housing, no warm winter clothes, little food, and were met with a harsh winter. When spring finally arrived, they'd lost 46 of the original 102 who sailed on the Mayflower. Those who survived were aided by members of the Wampango nation. And in the fall of 1621, the harvest was plentiful. These remaining pilgrims, along with those who helped them, gave thanks to God and celebrated with a feast that lasted three days. This Thanksgiving celebration did not become an annual event, and residents of the different colonies held days of thanksgiving on many different dates and times, due to both agricultural and geographic regions. The harvests were gathered at different times of the year throughout America. 
Since then, others have held Thanksgiving celebrations after winning an important victory. In the Revolutionary War, after the Continental Army had defeated the British at Saratoga in New York, the Continental Congress suggested a national day be set aside to recognize this victory. So December the 18th, 1777, became the first National Thanksgiving Day. Later, in 1789, President George Washington issued a proclamation designating November the 26th as a National Day of Thanksgiving. He said, it was for us to give thanks to God for the creation of the new United States and the new federal constitution. Then during the Civil War in 1863, Abraham Lincoln designated it as a permanent federal holiday on the final Friday of November. He said we should take a day to pray and ask God to commend to his tender care all those who have become widows, orphans, mourners or sufferers in the lamentable civil strife and to heal the wounds of the nation. Then during the Great Depression in 1941, Franklin D. Roosevelt moved the holiday up a week in an attempt to spur retail sales, making Thanksgiving the fourth Thursday in November every year. And that is when God gifted us a shopping holiday. But as we've just heard in our carefully chosen gospel passage, today is not really about shopping. It's about being truly thankful. Just as Jesus tells us that he was on the way to Jerusalem, to the cross, when he was met by ten men lepers who implored, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. When he saw them, he said to them, Go and show yourselves to the priests. And as they went, they were cleansed. Now their leprosy was not necessarily Hansen's disease, that terrible wasting disease that we, today we think of as leprosy. Biblical leprosy included a variety of skin conditions. And priests were responsible for diagnosing this which was often treated as a death sentence and was made worse by the requirement that infected people had to be isolated from society. Now the purpose, of course, was to prevent the infection from spreading. But the isolation experience was truly terrible. And also, people tended to regard leprosy as a sign of God's judgment and believed the person had brought the disease and suffering upon themselves. Now Jesus does not heal the lepers immediately, but instead commands them to show themselves to the priest for inspection, as if they'd been healed. Jesus' reason for sending these lepers to the priests is so they could be declared clean, and also it would authenticate his divine power. And no doubt, all ten lepers were thankful for their healing, but their natural inclination would be to immediately return to their villages, their workplaces, their homes, their family, their friends, 
everyone they'd been isolated from. And this desire for a normal life must have been overwhelming. So it's remarkable that even one turned back to thank Jesus. And this man fell on his face at Jesus' feet, giving him thanks. And Jesus answered, Weren't there ten cleansed? Where are the nine? Jesus' rhetorical questions draw attention to the nine who did not give thanks. But before we criticize them and ask how could they possibly not think of giving thanks, we should consider what it felt like to be totally isolated in their communities and then being allowed back into that society. But we should be like the leper who returned to Jesus. We should also remember to stop and thank God for all of our blessings. And each time we worship around the altar of God, we exercise the spiritual, spiritual discipline of giving thanks. The Greek translation of thanksgiving is Eucharista. And today, this Holy Eucharist is the central act of our Christian worship. Each time we have the Eucharist, we give thanks to God the Father for the fruits of the harvest, for the blessings of this life, for his goodness made known to us in creation, and that he did create heaven and earth. We give thanks for the victory over sin and death, won for us by God the Son on the cross. We recount his saving acts, redemption and liberation, his blessed passion and precious death, his mighty resurrection and glorious ascension. And we celebrate this great thanksgiving in community. And as a community, with friends and family, and all the community of the saints, the living and the dead. And here it's important to note, in this great sacrifice of praise and thanksgiving, the priest is not the person doing the thanking of God. He is the one leading the community in the thanking of God. It's an act of thanksgiving done by you, the people, together with the priest. This is our act, and we all play a part. It is fundamentally an act of thanksgiving to God for the salvation that is won for us in Jesus Christ. And that's why the priest always begins the Eucharistic prayer, saying, let us give thanks unto our Lord God. And everybody in the congregation respond, it is meet and right so to do. This is precisely what the one leper did who returned to Jesus. He praised God with a loud voice and he worshipped him. It was his act of thanksgiving. And as we leave our service today, let us just remember that we should always rejoice, pray without ceasing, and give thanks in all circumstances. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Amen.